It's Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. Thanks to the stock market reacting favorably to Joe Biden's presidential transition finally being allowed to get underway, the Dow Jones closed at over 30,000 points for the first time ever. Of course, Donald Trump immediately took credit for it, making this the latest example of Trump losing and still finding a way to call it a win. In a holiday tradition, Trump pardoned corn and cob, the White House turkeys. Thankfully, neither turkey is under indictment in the city or state of New York, or the pardon would mean absolutely nothing. Although the Biden transition has officially begun, Trump campaign lawyer and the woman least likely to win Time Magazine's Most Rational Person of the Year Award, Jenna Ellis, claimed on MSNBC that, quote, President Trump won by a landslide which means that she's either very good at sticking to her script or the definition of the word landslide wasn't a question on her bar exam. In a tweet, Ivanka Trump credited Daddy for a 9.2% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. I guess when you have a hand in killing 260,000 potential drivers, it might actually bode well for lowering air pollution. Marco Rubio said that Joe Biden's Ivy League cabinet will be, quote, polite and orderly caretakers of America's decline because the rude and abrasive caretakers of Trump's GED program cabinet have worked out so well. The American Medical Association is asking that the CDC alert Americans that the side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines won't be a walk in the park. Of course, the side effect of no vaccine is that pretty soon nobody is going to be allowed to walk in the park. A study shows that vegans have a 43% higher chance of breaking their bones than people who eat meat. Of course, if they would just shut up about being vegan, people would more than likely stop breaking their bones. Twitter will start warning users when they attempt to like fake news tweets in order to stop abuse of the service. Meanwhile, Instagram considered a warning if you tried to like fake people, but stepped back when they realized that this is their whole business model. Elon Musk has officially passed Bill Gates to become the world's second richest man. In related news, there is no change to Elon's status as number one on the list of world's biggest douchebags. Speaking of men that double as feminine hygiene products, Pete Davidson announced that he will be playing Jimmy Stewart's George Bailey role in a table reading of It's a Wonderful Life, proving that when you thought 2020 had already ruined everything, they still had a tatted up mediocre slacker to show you that it could still get worse. Oh, like Pete Davidson. Now, let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily cast and crew roundtable. Stay safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Yellow, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Hollywood family. Later on in the show, we're going to be joined by the host of the podcast, Dames Who Dish. So make sure you stay, you stay tuned for that. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to our TMI Daily podcast on their favorite streaming platform. Let's start with you, Pete. I just think it's wonderful, don't you? I do. Elizabeth. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving, but what everyone should be looking forward to is my Flappers show on Friday, November 27th at 7.30 p.m. It's a stand-up comedy show that you can attend virtually from anywhere in the world. Tickets are available online, and like I said, the shameless plugs stop when you buy the tickets. (laughs) Okay, thanks for that, Elizabeth. Oh, Joe. Hi, everyone listening to us on Google Podcasts. A huge shout out today to Scotland for what you guys did. I'm totally behind this 100%. Every single woman in Scotland now has free access to basic uh, female uh, uh, feminine products. Yeah, I know this Damn is not something that we are so absolutely blown away with and amazed in America because we have no idea how to handle or take care of women's health issues. But you guys in Scotland, you guys rock. I love you. I love Scotland. Alan rules. Um, JP. Hello, I'm JP. This is how I look like, and this is how I sound like. Okay, thank you. Emma. Hey, everybody. What lots of men don't know is that if you ever need a uh, pad, you can just go into a school and ask the school nurse, tell them that you, you know, have a headache or, you know, feel nauseous. doesn't really matter what it is. It'll either be a Band-Aid or a pad. You'll be covered either way. Mm-hmm. That is true. <laughs> Yeah. I thought you were going to say you could go to any girl women's restroom and just politely ask and hang around and other women will always have your back and be like, yeah, I got you. Here's a tampon or pad. I mean, that too. Yeah. <laughs> but that is also true. But I mean, Scotland just made sure that everybody gets one for free. So, because to be clear, it's know, more than one, right? You gotta, that you gotta <laughs> like, that you gotta like, you know, get one from a woman inside a bathroom somewhere because, you know, I mean, just to be clear on. though. This is more than one. <laughs> what? Yes, Nobody's more clarifying. Than one. Yes. Okay, more than one. Whew. All right. Like, 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 yeah. Like, whenever, enough, you, whenever you want one, the duration. One, you're in Scotland. You got it. They got you. Okay. Great. Hey, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know, everybody's been stocking up for for the potential quarantine, ladies. I I stocked up in maxi pads, so like, if you're in need, come see your boy. You know, if you need a COVID boot, I got you covered for the whole month. <laughs> also, I'd like also like to point out that you Chris officer, went that way. I also like to point out that a police officer once told me that every single person should have uh, some maxi pads in the glove compartment of their car because it's the number one way to handle an injury if you see you come across a car it's accident. The bleeding. Yes. It absorbs it. Mm-hmm. I just like the point. I mean like out. a bleeding on your hand or you know. Other yeah. <laughs> but that's a pad okay. Don't try and stick a tampon on somebody's. Don't, yeah don't do that. Yeah cut. That doesn't work as well. Yeah. yeah. Well that was a little weird so <laughs> let's get started with tonight's show. Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> <laughs> About it's that officially one. a TMI Daily Thanksgiving show. This is, this is all good. Pilgrims, Scotland for the whole bit. <laughs> the Pilgrims had blood on their hands. Now, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to start tonight's show with just one question, where I take some of the stories from the top of the show, and I ask you one question about them. Twitter is going to start warning users when they try to like fake news posts in order to attempt to slow the spread of fake news online. Do you think that the kind of people who are most likely to spread fake news actually would trust Twitter enough to believe what they are reading is fake? So let's start with you. I think most of those people have left and went to parlor anyway. And what we got left is a bunch of Russian bots that really aren't going to care about. Yeah. Twitter, the, 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 who are the bots arguing with now? 
<laughs> that is true. I agree. Emma. Uh, first, I think the bots are arguing with each other. It's just an endless loop of argument that affects nobody and reaches nobody, which is kind of poetic almost. Um, I did hear that a lot of them went to Parlor, and then I heard, and I'm not, I haven't verified this. This is just what I saw, is that Parlor started censoring the uh, hashtag uh, write in Trump for GA. Uh, oh. So, like, the idea of like writing in Trump instead of one of the Republican candidates for Senate. And so people are coming back to Twitter. Uh, but the real point I was going to make is that I think that people who would believe this kind of shit in the first place are already highly like susceptible and suggestible. So if they see the same idea enough times, maybe they will start to believe that this can just be one of those times. Okay. Elizabeth? Um, I would also like to bring up that I, I have to verify it as well, but um, Parler may have been hacked because it was apparently, I, maybe this wasn't true, but there was something about maybe people giving up social security numbers on Parler. Oh, yeah, oh, like that is true. Well, there okay. are a lot of hacks on Parler. Well, Parler is is you know partially owned by the Russians, so yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, yeah, I I think the fake thing is almost more of a concern, honestly, with Facebook. That seems. I mean, I know both sides have their issues, but. Um, I feel like people so resharing and sending like fake news information over and over. I mean, I guess both sides are susceptible, but like Emma said, if you already kind of are inclined to believe what's in the fake article, it will maybe help, but then you'll maybe just be like, they're trying to censor me. And then it's, it, they'll find another way to share it or whatever. <laughs> Eat. Well, they say 85% of people who voted for Trump believe that the election was stolen from him. And that only comes from all the baseless stuff that either he, he was putting out there, his people were putting out there, or things they found on social media. And, and I'm, I think it is interesting that they're all going over to Parler now because the reality of it is if they've got no one to fight with at Parler, there's no point in them being there because their whole, their, their whole existence was to troll people. I mean, I, I, I can, I can speak from, from, from a vast amount of experience that it takes 10 seconds to say something nasty about, about Trump to get attacked by a zillion people. And if everybody's saying the exact same thing, there's nobody to attack anybody. So, you know, I mean, I, I mean, it's really nice that Twitter decided to do it after the election, uh, but I guess, I guess it's better late than never, but it really is not going to matter much. So Elon Musk is now the second richest man in the world behind Amazon's Jeff Bezos. My question to you is, why are the two richest people in the world so disliked? <laughs> Let's start with Emma. I feel like the uh, socialist-friendly trifecta all raised our hands at the same time. <laughs> uh, you don't reach a billion dollars without uh, uh, screwing over a whole bunch of people. Um there are so many statistics of like the money that Jeff Bezos, for instance, could give away and like have the same amount of money that he had at the beginning of the pandemic when he was all oh, still the richest man in the world. Uh, listen, nobody should have that kind of money. I'm not saying we should necessarily legalize against it. It's just a huge moral failing. There's no reason for that, that amount of wealth to be uh, 
so condensed with one person and the idea that they're keeping it and just trying to grow it so they can have more for themselves when they can't even possibly spend it all in their lifetime or their children's lifetime or their children's children's lifetime instead of giving it to people who desperately need it while humans are living in squalor on this planet it's a it's a moral failing and they should be ashamed of themselves for letting that happen they could literally solve world hunger if they wanted to and they just don't want to okay pete well, I mean, I think you're talking about two different people. I mean, Elon Musk, the reason why people don't like Elon Musk is because essentially he is a kind of a dick bag. I, I mean, it's, you know, he's everything he says. I, look, very smart guy in certain ways, but he's a bit of an arrogant asshole um, who I think has believed his own hype too much. And so now he says things and people just either they blindly assume that it's true or they say, oh, you're full of shit because of it. And a lot of the times the stuff he's saying now, he's, he's utterly full of shit because of um, his technology does all the all the smart talking for him. It's just he's one of those guys <laughs> that really should just keep, keep taking in the money and just keep his mouth shut because it's 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 like it's really impressive when when SpaceX you know in a day gets a gets a bunch of astronauts to the international space station and then comes back and lands um, that's really impressive but uh it, him talking is not impressive now as far as Jeff Bezos I'm going to say it for the millionth time I, I, if I don't ever have to leave the house again, I don't, you know, I could just use Amazon and Amazon will always do exactly what I need. So if Jeff Bezos has one quadrillion dollars, I couldn't care less. Um, and if he wants to keep it all, that's his fucking, uh, his, his decision. I, I mean, whether or not I, I agree or disagree, that's up to him. Um, you know, but, but he just gave another almost billion dollars, um, towards, uh, towards client fighting climate change. Um, like about about two weeks ago, and before that, he gave a billion dollars towards um, Feed America. Um, so you know what? I, listen, I guess nobody's going to be happy unless he gives away all his money and then basically works for free because he because he owns Amazon. But I guess, but to me, that doesn't that doesn't jive with it. If the guy wants to keep all his money, let him keep it. As long as I can keep getting my my stuff uh, either in one or two days delivery, I don't care. That's before, it. Before I go to you, Chris, I think Emma might have a response. To okay, go ahead, Emma. Let's see. What you got? What I've got is I didn't say we should take away all his money. We're asking. I didn't, I didn't say you did. I wasn't speaking my response, you. Pete. Jesus. Okay. God damn. I was half a sentence in. You're God right you are. <laughs> the question was why are they disliked? And I was describing why I dislike them. Uh, I do think they should be giving away a whole lot more of their money. The percentage of Jeff Bezos' money that he gives away is about the same percentage as if I give away like $20. Like the percentage of our wealth given away is the same. Something like, I, this, that's an old statistic, but it's it's not even close to like a reasonable amount of his money, to my opinion. Reasonable is subjective. Um, and yeah, there's a whole lot of other people who have been the richest people in the world who have been extraordinarily wealthy, who are not in that category anymore because they gave away so much of it. A million dollars here and a billion dollars there so he can look like a philanthropist while still sitting on more money than some countries have is too much. But that's an opinion thing. This is all subjective. I'm not saying he should be forced to give anything away. He just should. Well, I mean, again, whether he should or he shouldn't, that's an irrelevant point. The point is... That's the question you're asking. That's the question, yeah, is why are they disliked and... Yeah, Emma but, answered why he. Okay, but this is what I don't understand. Every all these people dislike him, but they love Amazon. I, I mean, yeah, we're all people... sitting from a place of incredible privilege, which I was yeah. going to get to. Uh, yeah, when I was called on, because yeah, you don't. Of course, you don't care whether what happens with Amazon or how he handles his money from Amazon, because 
you're in comfort. I'm in comfort. I enjoy Amazon shit. I'd be lying if I said I didn't, but they do treat their workers like shit. They don't pay them well. He has more than enough money to reinvest back in the damn company in the first place to pay people fairly so they they aren't on warehouse floors for hours and hours and hours with no breaks, bashing unions and preventing people from living and working comfortably just so that we can also all live comfortably. That's what's unfair. And that's a reason to a legit reason to dislike him, let alone giving away the money in the first place. Forget that. But he, he should invest it in the company, in the workers in the company. And he also pulled that little stunt where he made all the cities dance for his amusement and then just put the new Amazon headquarters in New York, was it? Oh, yeah, yeah but then, then he pulled it. So, But then he pulled, all right, fine. But, you know, but he still pulled it a bunch of bullshit to make everybody dance like little puppets for him. And he just did what he wanted to cities that needed it. Places like Detroit needed it, could have used the headquarters, all like all these cities that were struggling and they wasted money for the, he didn't receive. Yes, but he, they wasted their own money just so he could be like, "Mm, no, I'll put it where I want. Thanks. Like, what the fuck is that? And Elon Musk is a bunch of bullshit too. He does. He bought tesla he didn't like come up with the tesla car he's not i i think he is an engineer in some respects but he is not like like he's not nikola tesla he just has a shit ton of money and he can throw it at all these projects the space stuff i don't know where i fall on whether or not that's effective or worthwhile it might be but certainly he fails what he he says he's going to do all these things flint is still waiting for elon musk's new pipes to show up in town like they that's a that's another legit reason to dislike them is they say they're going to do these things and they set up these initiatives but very rarely do they like have any real impact and legit like you know changeable impactful uh results for anybody it's just another organization it's another organization that they can write off tax-wise usually and that's why they don't people don't like them no one's expecting them to like totally give away all their money i think they could and should in a lot of respects but they pull shit that gives people legit reasons to dislike them so, sorry so, chris you so had your hand up before me no basically <laughs> but so basically well i just want to ask this question and then let chris talk so if, if let's say jeff bezos had like 10 million dollars from from owning amazon but he owned amazon would he be be beloved at that point because he only has 10 million dollars because if it's about, if it a, if it's about a dollar figure, then it, then I mean it's kind of a. It's a not a, what. Where did I say dollar figures at any? No, I'm not just you did. I'm just. About. I'm talking about in general. I'm saying if people people are like what's what's the least amount of money he can have that people will start liking him for for being the guy who created Amazon. I'm just less I'm than just a trillion. Less than a trillion. Less than a, less than a trillion. <laughs> so I'm going to write him and tell him to just keep it under a trillion, and people will still like him. Maybe yes. How about he treats his workers better, and then we can yeah. talk. Yeah, but you know what? That's the thing. We all talk about how he treats his workers badly as we're ordering stuff on Amazon. I never so, said I was following like, through on it. I just like, at least have a stab of guilt when I get my package. I mean, also, I have not ordered from Amazon in years, plural. Okay, so suck it. Money where your mouth is. <laughs> no, that's legit. And I just want to add that I always compliment the worker, the delivery people, whenever they yes, she does. I always go up not to compliment them. I don't know if that helps them out or not, but I think they just work so hard, and I just always compliment them as best as she I can. They're very fashionable. And they're comfortable too. Yes, Chris. 
So first of all, Peter, to displace oh, the argument of, of yes, we still order from Amazon, but yes, Jeff Bezos is the piece of shit. We aren't because we're helping keeping these people employed by buying shit. If we all stop buying shit, That's they it. go unemployed, and then the poor people become poorer. So therefore, we are helping the poor people. Okay, like so we should. It's our, it, we're, we're the good people. He's the bad. We are the good people, okay. and I love being a prime <laughs> member. <laughs> Just in case he's listening. <laughs> oh, he's listening. Uh, here's my Yeah, listen. I'm just saying. I'm a prime member. I don't like how you do things, but I also like how you do things. So you know, you do with that what you want, Jeff. That's it. Yeah. So, but I think. Well, first of all, not uh, fuck the money shit. As far as like Elon Musk goes, he's just a weird fucking dude. Like trying to talk to him. I've seen people try to interview him and things like that. Like I watched an interview with him and Joe Rogan where they spoke for like three hours and it was just a bizarre conversation. Like there was no flow in thoughts. It was just like random sentences. And then like he was kind of arrogant. And like you could tell he's just a guy who's throwing money at shit. Like he he built a flamethrower and sold it online for like 20,000 a piece. And people like it sold out in like two hours. He just did it just because he could. And clearly like this guy's boring. <laughs> so like, like clearly he's bored. So he's just turned into like low key, a super villain from time to time. So like, that's probably another reason why people don't like him. And as far as Jeff Bezos, he basically is a, a super villain. Like once he shaved his head, it was over. Like he basically, like he got all bumped. <laughs> now he's walking around looking like the kingpin. Like nobody likes the kingpin. We like Spider Man. Yeah. Should have been like Spider Man. He if, if, if the kingpin wants to send me stuff one day delivery, I'm gonna like him. I mean, listen, he's not selling drugs, so he's not killing anybody necessarily. You know, what I mean, mean, talk about it. Talk to the workers on the floor. I said necessarily. I didn't say that's a does have a pharmacy coming. He is going to be selling drugs, and then he might be mm-hmm. killing people unnecessarily. But until then, those are like I'm saying. He just. Jeff, I don't like Jeff Bezos. Just looks weird again. Like he's just another like. <laughs> I, if 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 it comes out that he's a pedophile, I won't be surprised. He just has that. <laughs> okay, but we want to say that we're not like saying it. Jeff Bezos is a pedophile. I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he is. Opinions of all of us here on CMI Day. Yes, First of all, let me all it, Jeff let Bezos. No, let me say it. Let me say it. I did not say he is a pedophile. He's just pedophile looking. Okay, he's pedophile esque. Pick it a foul sheet, if you will. <laughs> Joe. Oh, I'm sorry. I paused for a second in case Peter wanted to interrupt me. Um, <laughs> ah, got him. So, um, first of all, uh, Elon Musk just passed Bill Gates, but that's really not true. Um, Tesla had a big bump in stock, and that's the reason why he passed him. And Tesla's way overpriced. It is not worth what they're currently paying for it in stock. I'll tell you right now that that company is not a car company. It's a tech company. And Tesla cars are basically tech. And you can buy a 2012 Tesla really, really cheap for about $22,000. And it's almost the exact same car, the S model, as the one you can currently get in the showroom for $78,000, $80,000. So, um, but that's the only reason he surpassed him is because of the stock market. Now, Bill Gates is a great guy. Bill Gates donates so much money and he's such a philanthropist. And look at how much people hate him. They think that he wants to put a chip in people. They think that he wants to eat 
babies. Oh my God. Yeah, that poor man and his wife and their great foundation. And it gets crapped on all the time by these crazies. So, I mean, you, you, you damned if you do and damned if you don't. I mean, say what you will. I mean, Elon Musk, I, I really don't like the man much at all. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, Teslas are okay, but I don't think that they're the if, and, or but of electric cars. SpaceX is a great idea. Again, he's just bought all this stuff in. Um, as far as Jeff Bezos goes, um, you know, it's not like he didn't earn his money. I, I'm going to go either way because uh, something that I if, – if Amazon Prime wants to buy my pilot, I'm all for it. And then just just as a moral dilemma, I will hire Emma as one of my writers just to see how she she handles it. Oh, no, it's not going to happen. Because <laughs> oh! see her face. Her, I'm, I'm sending <laughs> it to this I am also a subscriber to the Washington Post, which Jeff Bezos also owns. So I really don't have too much of a problem oh, with him. Man. As far That's as Elon good. Musk goes, I think Amber Heard beat up the wrong partner. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Emma is not working for, for Amazon. Oh, I'll send this tape to Jeff Bezos. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> well, listen, I'm just saying, I hope Space Force happens because it's been my dream to be a space marine and fight Xenomorph. So, Elon Musk, let's go. <laughs> uh, first of all, you son of a bitch, Joe. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> you do um, have an open job. Uh, if, if that like, makes mm, you <laughs> Ooh, you found the weakness. Like, I don't know that I would, but I don't know that I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but like, more seriously, you brought up Bill Gates, and I was going to bring him up in the other way. Um, more people like Bill Gates than, first of all, than Jeff Bezos or uh, or Elon Musk. Ooh, I forgot that name for a second. Uh, there are people who dislike Bill Gates because of the vaccine chip or whatever, but I, that's such a small minority of people who genuinely believe he's going to put a chip in us. Yes, it is a minority. So, do you really well, think, I, I, there are I think that that's pretty much all the of QAnon. Americans know that he's not putting a chip in us, especially because we all know that there's already chips in each of fucking these. We know. know. This. We know that they I have know. that. My whole point is that... Americans, Americans know that. I'm sorry, Joe, I'm still talking. Uh, and ah, so, she's reclaiming the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Wait. yes, there are crazy people who hate Bill Gates, but that is not a majority of people. They're just very loud. More people like Bill Gates than like Jeff Bezos or like uh, Elon Musk. If you think I would come through this computer and slap every one of you for interrupting her, you're dead wrong. Yeah, but you know what? They they didn't like Bill Gates for for a very long time. And Bill Gates wasn't this great philanthropist until about 10 years ago. So, I I mean, I don't really know if everybody kind of thinks that like – like, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, the guy who, who uh, stole the technology from Microsoft was like the greatest guy in the world. People people generally did not like him and people still don't like him. But I think it always comes back to one thing. It's money. If you don't if you have a lot of money, people are going to find a reason not to like you. It's just it's just the way it is. Yeah, it's, a, it's a survival thing. It's not necessarily like a jealousy thing. It's a survival thing because we're all we 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 decided to all come together with this idea that money is key to our survival. So therefore, when somebody has a lot more than you do and a lot more than like like Emma said, a few small countries do, yeah. that makes us a little bit upset because essentially you're taking away our survival in some way, even in the smallest of ways that like don't necessarily mess with our lives or even directly touch our lives it's still in a way you're taking away survival from us potentially some primal resource hoarding it's a it's a primal it's a primal reaction that's it like if, if we were thirsty and you had water we'd be hate you for having water that's really all it is <laughs> 
But you could also choose to share your water or share your wealth in an effective way, not just kind of throw it around with no real point or purpose, but create a cup system of water to deliver it to people in need. Yeah. <laughs> Within one to two days with the prime membership. I, I, I genuinely think it comes down to a lot of times to, uh, to, um, Oh God, I think I just sent you guys all a message. I apologize. Yeah. Um, I think it always comes down to like, if you mix money with fame, because there's a lot of very rich people that none of us have the chance to hate because we just don't know them. Um, and I think that's, that's the key to all this. Okay. So after our guests come on, um, I want to go back to just one question because there's something that I want to discuss. That's kind of weighing on me. I think I know what it is. I have an inkling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you saw my Facebook post today, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh Okay. So our guests tonight, Anne and Gina, have taken their love of pop culture and reality TV and turned it into a podcast called Dave's New Dish. Please welcome them to TMI Daily. And I think, hi. Hi. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Oh, are both of you coming on? or just... Yeah, Gina's dialing in. Oh, she, had to, she had to get her wine. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> things are a little more important. Um, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing tonight? Fantastic. Have you guys already been recording and doing your thing? Yes. Uh-huh. So the guest usually joins us halfway through the show. So I have listened. So I just didn't know if it was. You kind of um, do like it. It's like G- a lot. Gina, Gina may need something more than wine. She might want to go to the hard stuff. Uh-oh. <laughs> Should we be scared? <laughs> it depends how you feel about Bezos and Elon Musk. Where do you land on those oh, guys? Well, so we, we stay away from that specifically. <laughs> Probably for the best. We stick, we stick with pop culture and reality TV. That's our specialty. So I know you guys like to have your cocktails while you do your podcast. Now, let me ask you this. What is your cocktail of choice? Always red wine. Red wine. Okay. I was just wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get started then and then we'll wait until well, well Gina yeah. will come on as soon as she comes on. So Let um me um message her. Okay, that's fine. So Anne, I wanted to ask you guys about your podcast, why you started it, how did it get started, and tell us a little bit about Dave Zoo Dish. Should I do that now? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, uh while we're waiting for Gina to come on. Um, obviously we are, we call ourselves games of a certain age. Um, we think we're different because there's not a lot of podcasts out there that have ladies our age talking reality TV, pop culture. Everybody's younger than us. Everybody has little kids. Um, I think we have a different perspective. It started out kind of as a joke. Um, I don't think Gina ever thought that I was serious when I said, I think we need to do a podcast. And, um, you know, it used to be embarrassing to admit that we watched reality TV. I don't know. You guys, I can't tell the ages there, but it, like the Melrose Place thing, nobody ever admitted that they watched Melrose Place. And there was always those TV shows that you were embarrassed about. And, oh, here comes Gina. Oh, there she is. Hi, Gina. Can you hear us okay? <laughs> Hi, Gina. <laughs> My technology is just great. <laughs> Can you hear me okay, Gina? Yes, thank you. Hi, welcome to TMI Daily. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so we were just talking with Anne, and I was asking her how you guys got started with Dave's Who Dish. Ah, yes. So um, 
anyway, we finally, you know, we're neighbors. We have a lot of friends. They don't watch any of the crap TV we watch. We say we watch a lot of TV, the good, the bad, and the embarrassing. And it's all encompassing. It's not just reality TV. We watch a lot of other things too. We're kind of obsessed now. But now we have a good excuse. Now we kind of say this is our job. So we're not so embarrassed about it. And um, yeah, once we we were started listening to other podcasts who kind of do the same thing we do. And their perspective was just totally off to us. We were constantly yelling at them. And that's when I just jokingly said, you know, we need to do our own podcast. And um, I, we just kind of did it. And then it evolved. And it's been uh, almost two years in January. And we thought we'd have our kids listening and maybe not even that. And now we have lots of listeners, lots of people message us. Um, our friends still don't know what we do. They think we have a radio show or a blog <laughs> and they are clueless. And we talked about them on our show because they don't listen. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> we're, we're scared to death the day they do listen. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we got started. So one of the things that I noticed about your podcast in particular, because it is a reality TV um, show-based podcast, is that you guys actually do enjoy the shows that you talk about as opposed to other reality TV podcasts where they kind of make fun of them. So about how many shows do you watch um, like how many that you recap like on an average? Oh, per week? We oh god, yeah. what we have probably well everything on Bravo. So whatever's currently airing is what we currently recap. So everything on Bravo and then we get a little bit into some Netflix shows that we're watching and some TLC shows or we TV shows like Married at First Sight or 90 Day Fiance. Pretty much any crap TV that's out there, we watch and talk about. Love After Lockup. Yeah. Welcome to Plathville, which is this <laughs> unbelievably crazy, real, ridiculous show that we are obsessed with now, season two. It's unbelievable, this family. It's, it's even hard to explain. Do they own a town or something? <laughs> no, but that, that would be logical. No, no, no. Okay. They're just kind of this interesting... I'll, I'll, that's the word I'm going to use. That's a nice way to put them. And they have nine children. It's not like a, not like a religious culty thing, but they don't, they don't let their kids have any access to the outside world. And now the older ones are breaking free. It's almost like child abuse. It's really bad, but it's fantastic. These parents are nuts and it's such good TV. That actually sounds very yeah. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so what's your favorite reality TV show that you're watching now? If you had to choose just one. Oh, from, oh, out of all of the, just all of us. Well, the housewives franchise in general, I think is my favorite. It's yeah, hard same. to pick one because it's whatever's on, you know, at the time. Um, Real Housewives Bravo. They just started a new season in Salt Lake City, which sounds absolutely nuts. And it is, and it's probably one of the best, best premieres of the Real Housewives show I've ever seen it I mean it's just what you think it is it's Salt Lake City at its best it's these ladies that are just all over the place some are Mormon some are still Mormon some are Jack Mormon some are I, I mean and we're just learning about them and one lady is married to her great-grandfather yes she is no. <laughs> I see I see Elizabeth nodding her head she knows what I'm talking this about. is uh I without giving away where I work this is a lot of what I uh not, I don't work on any of the Bravo shows, yeah. but I work in coverage, let's say, of uh-huh. a lot of this stuff. And it's like her step-grandfather or yes. something weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not fully creepy, but it's still very creepy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's still pretty creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Any way you say it, it's pretty creepy. 
<laughs> it sounds it sounds creepy. <laughs> so we also see that you also talk to a lot of people from reality shows. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are we're originally a live theater show, and we've had several reality stars appear on our show. And we have found that most of them have an inflated idea about their abilities <laughs> and celebrity status. And I was wondering, what is the overall impression you've gotten from the people that you've spoken with that work in reality TV? Overall inflated. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's fantastic. We haven't we, had any bad experiences. No, no, they're usually when we catch them, they're brand new. They've just come off a brand new show like Temptation Island or and so they are coming. You know, it's brand new to them. They don't know how big it's going to be. They're in it for the followers. They're trying to, you know, sell all their stuff. And so they're willing to come on and kind of sell themselves. So they're still pretty humble. But as we talk to them, you know, watching them, we start out one way of feelings about them. And then when we talk to them, it's like, oh, gosh, okay. All right. I mean, you forget that. I mean, any person who's willing to sign up to go on a reality TV show has got to be a certain type anyway. And even though they have this persona on the television show, you think you kind of know them. No, you don't. Their, their real truth comes out kind of when we're interviewing. I think we tend to get away with a little bit too, because we're older. They don't expect us to ask certain questions and we're totally willing to go there with them. So I think we throw them a little bit. So it's fun, but we have, we have not had a really bad experience with someone just being awful. Mm-hmm. Everybody's actually pretty nice now that I think about it. Yeah. And as much as people like to talk shit about Luann from Real Housewives of New York, we've met her a couple of times and she was super nice, really, really nice, friendly. Um, she was great. Yeah. Okay. So I have two more questions and I'm going to open it up to the panel. Um, could you ever see yourselves as part of a reality TV show? Oh, <laughs> no. Can we swear yeah. on here? Can we swear oh, yeah, on your yeah. podcast? Okay. Fuck of no. course. No, no. Now I have, my family has always wanted me and my husband to be on one because we get back and forth at each other. And he sometimes comes on the show too, because he watches a few of the reality shows with us. Um, no, I make fun of people. My facial expressions alone would, whatever I was on, people would hate me. I'd talk about people behind their back. I, no, it'd be horrible. <laughs> it'd be awful. What about you, Gina? No, 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 no. No, absolutely. Gina's way more private in that regard than I am. Like, I probably, people think that I would want to. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) Okay. So I don't watch reality TV shows, to be honest with you. I mean, I do like certain reality shows, like the business ones, like Million Dollar Listing. I love Dark Tank. But I I don't watch any of these reality shows at all whatsoever. So, But I'm still going to ask you, as much as I hate to ask you about the Kardashians. Um, I can't stand them. I hate them. But um, why do you think they've been so successful and more successful than any of the other reality stars? Do you think they started off with like they had like a leg up because if they had some celebrity status, you know, when they first started or what, what do you think it was? Well, I think it's time frame also. I mean, they're yeah. one of the very first to do mm-hmm. what they were doing. And even though they seem crazy, they seem ridiculous half the time now I mean in the beginning I don't believe it was as scripted as it became Mm -hmm. um so I feel that they just definitely got in on the ground floor of something not knowing what it would be you know I thought it was I I, when I was watching it I thought what the 
hell am I watching? But I went back every week and I kept watching. Now I, that's one that I fell off on. I had stopped watching, you know, after the first couple of years, even though I still follow that, you know, I still touch, yeah. touch in every once in a while. It's not one that we talk about or anything. Um, but I mean, I kind of got to give them credit. Kardashians. I mean, they, they're really, I mean, everybody knows them. They made a name for themselves, good or bad, you know, I mean, Plus, they have a mother that would sell her soul, you know, to put her kids out there. And she doesn't, you know, give a crap what she does, but she puts them out there front and center and everything they do turns into gold, you know? You're doing amazing, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to open it up to you guys now. Does anybody have any questions for the ladies? Let's start with you, Pete. First, uh, I want to correct something that you said, Veronica. Um, the Kardashians didn't have a, a leg up. Kim had two legs up, and that's why they were famous. Legs up, occasionally a head down, but that's oh, a whole other Jesus. story. Oh. <laughs> and that's why I married you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen the last names now. How fun. <laughs> so, so, ladies, what? thank you so much for joining us. I, I, I wanted to ask... Um, when it, when it, you, you were saying something about how you'll occasionally go there with certain questions, like what kind of questions do you go there with that, that, that maybe <laughs> kind of surprise uh, the people you speak to? I think when we ask the young, the young kids, young kids, like the 20 year olds that have been on these racy shows, I think when we ask them, well, did you sleep with them? Uh, what happened in the room when you, you know, they blurred out, were you having sex? Did you have the threesome? I mean, we just keep going. You know, we giggle, we, you know, laugh about it. And honestly, behind the scenes, we're dying that we're asking those questions because, you know, two years ago, we would never think about doing that, but it's fun. I mean, it's kind of like you're hidden. You can say anything, you know, podcasts are great. Nobody sees you. It's, I mean, it's kind of great. <laughs> Elizabeth. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I'm actually not always that into all these reality shows, but I do have to keep tabs because of what I do for a living. So I've like kind of started to get slowly sucked in more. I'm a big fan of The Bachelorette because I always find it funny that like the guys are always crying over this. I mean, we've all seen the girls who haven't who've cried over the guys not worth it. I love seeing the guys cry over the girl who's not worth it. Um, what do you, what have you thought of the season so far? Like, Oh. First of all, I kept cracking up that they're like, Claire is the oldest bachelorette. She is ancient at 39. What a crone. Like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> she's from our, our town, actually. She's from Sacramento, and that's where we're a suburb of Sacramento. But oh, no way. We talk a lot about the bachelorette yeah. so far. Do you think um, she knew show. Dale ahead of time? <laughs> no, I don't think they did. I think she was just enamored. I think she stalked his Instagram. I think she found out as much as she could about him. She loved what his profile was all about. I don't necessarily trust him. I know they're together now. They're house hunting. They're road tripping. I've, I'm not quite sure about him. She she said, we're going to have a baby soon. And the look on his face and that Chris Harrison thing was like, are, are we? Yeah. Oh, like, no. <laughs> Like, keep an eye on your condoms, bud, because I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad Claire's gone. Tasha, um, super happy she's in there. 
I love her. I think she's got a great personality. I think the guys are pretty good. They're interesting. It's pretty funny. I think they're going stir crazy, all being at this one place because of COVID. It's all happening just in this, you know, 1980s resort that is <laughs> like very outdated. <laughs> oh, it's just awful. But it's highly entertaining. I mean, I, I think really- it's really good. I really like that Bennett guy with the glasses and he like does like the the self-care stuff. There was like a really adorable moment where he just hung out with one of the other guys and they were doing like face masks. He's just kind of like. Yeah, I think he's going to be a character that goes on to like Bachelor in Paradise or something like that. Everybody loves Bennett. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Does anybody else have any other questions? Oh, uh, Emma, and then I'll go back to you, Pete. Go ahead, Emma. So I just like out of curiosity, really, since reality TV is such a new medium, what was your first reality show or like what got you into it if those were two separate things? Oh, my God. For me, it was um, MTV and it was the Osbournes way back Mm -hmm. when. And um, what was the other show, Anne, on MTV? I think there was Real World, Osbournes. I think it started like that. And then even even the first Survivor, I remember... Uh, when Survivor came on and my husband goes, what is that piece Mm -hmm. of crap you're watching? I'm like, I don't know, but this is good. I think this is good. And I just kept going and going. And so, I mean, I, I really like just, I, you know, I'm into the amazing race Survivor. I like strategy ones also. Um, I actually kind of started with those and then, yeah, I think the Osbournes, if that, that, that was really nuts. And I was totally into that. It was good. Yeah. That's going way back. That's going way back. Yeah. And I mean, we started from day one of all of the Bravo show, you know, and, and even the bachelor series. I mean, we were day one watching all those bachelor bachelorette shows. So, um, how to, I think that first one was how to marry a millionaire or something like that with that guy that came out that he wasn't even really a millionaire and he was just awful. So yeah, we just go way back and it's so fun to be able to like have the nostalgia and the memories to talk and we're able to talk about it now, not be embarrassed about it. <laughs> oh, Pete. So, yeah, I, I actually, I wanted to kind of ask a question about survivor. Um, well, not really about survivor, about the whole industry, but based off of survivor. I, I remember when, when survivor started and I actually used to love the show um, when it first came on and then around the third or fourth season, the show kind of acknowledged the fact that the uh, the contestants on the show now, after being on TV for a couple of years, had kind of figured out that this was a TV show um, in the sense of they weren't coming on and being as real as real as maybe the first couple of seasons of it. Uh, the people were on the co- first couple of seasons. So what I'm what I'm trying to get at here is, do you think that after all these years of, of of reality shows being on the air, that there's really anything real anymore about what the people are doing? Or is everybody kind of self-aware of the fact that they're on a TV show and that whatever time they have in front of a camera is is really key to whatever their 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 launching pads are? I guess success. I can't even say success today. <laughs> the successes. Wow, I couldn't get get the word out. Um, so yeah, do you think that they they're just really self-aware of the fact that they're that they're producing television? television now as opposed to just being themselves absolutely 100 everybody's selling something everybody's being extra for the cameras especially on housewives housewives has changed a lot in that way we've seen these housewives morph into people that we don't even physically morph (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) oh there's not a i don't know if there is unless you're going to launch a brand 
spanking new idea of a reality show, they're going to go in with a preconceived notion of what they should be doing, playing to the cameras or whatever. There was a, the one that came out during COVID on Netflix that was actually filmed like two to three years ago. Um, and oh, it the was circle? Uh, the circle. There was the circle that was new, not great, but it was entertaining, but that was a yeah. new idea. And I think that was kind of fun. And it was a dating one where they were in pods. What was the name of that? Gina? Oh, Love is Blind. Love, Love is Blind. Yeah. yeah. So those were, I feel like, yeah, I feel like those were ones that were so new that they didn't know what they were doing. So that was kind of fun. But yeah. the ones that have been on before, forget about it. Everybody's, they know what to do. They know the camera's there. Although I do think that the more the camera's on you, they forget and their true self does come out unless you're like really freaking good. I mean, unless you are really can contain yourself. But I think eventually the, the true you will come out, you know, and then you forget they're there, but you're going to go in with a, I remember Survivor. I'll never forget this. The first one, I had never heard of an alliance. Like when the very first show and he was like, let's, let's build an alliance. I'm like, what is he talking about? What's going on here? Yeah. And then forget about it right after that. Everybody, you know, that was the yeah, idea. Of course, that's what you would do. It's a preconceived notion now that they, they're going to do certain things that they've seen on the show. Yeah, and absolutely. so it kind of loses a lot of its value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You just got to kind of hang in there. And, you know, we do get skewed a little bit. We get a little tired. There's a lot of made up stories in the shows that we watch and, and we hear about it outside and that it gets frustrating. We have cut off shows because of that too. Mm. Yeah. Um, Joe, and then we'll finish with Elizabeth. Go ahead, Joe. I just wanted to, to point out, we know about the reality of reality. Some of us here on this panel at one point, wrote the jokes for one of the years of the reality oh God, TV yeah. <laughs> No. Even way. though some of us can't clue. say the word success, they can actually type it. They'll misspell <laughs> it, but they'll type it. But uh, let me tell you that most of us are actually now hated by most people in the reality world. Because Excellent. Not, no, but, they, they I don't think they know who we are. But, but even worse than that, John. <laughs> the, guys, the guys from uh, Deadliest Catch were fantastic. They were wonderful. They were, oh, my God. They had such a good time. But no. most people hated us. They did not like being made fun of. And it was like, it's a, it's an award show. You're going to be made fun of. And they like really took it seriously. And I was like, that's the reality of this. You guys actually think you're important. Yeah. Remember the, uh, the, uh, what was it? The executive producer of the, uh, of the whole uh, Real Housewives series, not Andy Cohen, the, whoever was below him sent a letter to the producer of the reality awards and said that, that we, um, that we shit all over their franchise. Um, (laughs) Like, we're the first ones to do it. Though. Do that. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's about. The yeah. beauty of it is that you can't shit on them because they have opened their, they, they're on the show to be, you know, scrutinized, aren't they? I mean, yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah. one of the, 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 the well, most well behaved guests at that award show that night was Jim Pop's <laughs> dog. <laughs> I love, I love that little dog. He was there. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Elizabeth. Yeah, I love I love my photo with Jif Palm so much. He's so cute. Um, you said you watch scripted stuff though too. Do you guys have a favorite scripted show that's on right now? Or Ooh, yeah, I mean The Undoing. Yeah, we're watching The Undoing. I'm watching The Crown. We've watched several um, Netflix uh, series. HBO. Yeah, I mean The Queen's Gambit was one yeah, of our absolute so good. favorite. I'm sad though because it's over. You know, it's like yeah. oh, you have that great one. Where's the next one? So that's what we're constantly searching for. The next really good 
Queen's Gambit or something like that. Give you one right now. What? Have you watched A a Teacher yet? Have you started? Oh, yeah. I'm watching A Teacher. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. That's a good Mm -hmm. one. That's going to be one of those ones where we're going to be talking about next year for sure. Yeah, there's got to be something different, though, because it can't just be a teacher with a student. There's got to be a twist in there that we're not going to be seeing. They're going to get a horse, maybe. (laughs) Maybe a horse. (laughs) A talking horse. (laughs) It's been done. Ooh, that's illegal, buddy. Uh, just jumping. You are hired, Elizabeth. <laughs> 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 110% FX. If y'all, if y'all bring your horse to that show, I want 10%. You heard it. <laughs> so, ladies, where can people listen to your podcast? And we do have your information on our Instagram page as well. <laughs> Thank you. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. I mean, Apple, Spotify. I mean, it's loaded onto everywhere. Whether they want to hear it or not, we're there. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And we'd love to have having you back and talk some more. You know, if you start watching the new show, you want to come on, let me know anytime. Yeah. We'd love to love have it. You thank you so thank much. You. And I love your podcast. It's really fun. I like when you do the game shows. That's always fun to, to <laughs> against each other. That's a good one. If you ever you want to come, come on, you should come on. Yeah. Oh, oh love it. people join us. Yeah, we'd love, love to it. have you know, people yeah. join us. So I'll let you know next time we do it. Definitely. Thank you for reaching out, Veronica. This was so much fun. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. We'll see you guys back soon. Yes. Thanks. Bye. 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 Okay. So I want to go back to just one question because I have something that I really want to talk about. And it felt like a gut punch when I read it earlier this morning. Um, But Pete Davidson is going to play Jimmy Stewart's beloved George Bailey my favorite movie of all time, in a table read of It's a Wonderful Life as part of a charity event. My question is, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> hey, what the fuck? Okay, I know it's not, so I was told that it's not a remake. They're not Correct. actually making a movie. Yes. It's going to be just a table read. That's yep. great. Mm-hmm. But George Bailey's dialogue and his words should never be in Pete Davis's mouth. Okay, I'm just going to say that. Oh, and oh, it is oh. for charity. Again, it is, it's for a good cause. But um, was Tom Hanks not available for this? Because I would have been okay with Tom Hanks. He still has Corona. What are you talking about? You know? Oh, so that's no, all. But I'm not watching this. I will not watch it. Um, I want to start with you because I know you're a Pete Davidson fan. <laughs> I am. I'm about to get uninvited from Thanksgiving. But let me, let me just throw a couple things out there. Let me just throw a couple things out there real fast. Yeah. Um, one, any actor who plays that role is going to get compared to Jimmy Stewart, and that's an impossible. Like those are impossible shoes to fill. He was too good in that role. You can never quite live up to that. I think that going with someone who's in a completely different direction is a smart way to approach a table read of this because it means you get a different view on the character. It's you just, like you just have to go completely different. You can't have someone who's going to be the same type because they just won't live up to it, no matter how good they are. Uh, I also think that Pete Davidson's a good choice because uh, in that scene where George Bailey is like looking down and he's considering like ending it, um, I do believe, like I can picture that with Pete Davidson. I think that he has that kind of darkness inherently in him that he could portray that moment really well. Um, And then, I mean, listen, like we all give him a whole lot of shit, but like he's a better actor than we like to admit. He was not bad in The King of Staten Island. So... So long as, like, listen, obviously Jimmy Stewart can't play the role for several very clear reasons. Um, 
so long as it's not going to be literally him, I think that going in such a, like making such a different choice is not a bad thing. Okay. Emma, you're my friend and I respect your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) At least the most politely I've ever been shut down. (laughs) I do. I respect your opinion. Mm -hmm. We can agree to disagree. JP. (laughs) Uh, I mean, when I, when I first saw the post, I assumed also that was a remake. So, but yeah. uh, no, like now that I know the full context, it's a table read. It's a charity. Who goes to a table read anymore? And anything for charity? That's nice. That's cool. I mean, I don't. Pete Davidson, like I actually like some of his stuff. He's kind of half on half on my end. There's half of the stuff I do like with him, half of the stuff I don't like with him. But I'm not gonna lie. It will probably be interesting. I mean. Sure, why not? It's gonna be way different. It, like Tom Hanks, Steve Carell, obvious choices if you wanted. If you lived in a perfect world, obvious choices to actually play that role. But you know, Pete Davidson doing it, why the hell not? I mean, that I just imagine him just doing it. Like, yeah, I want to live again. Want to live again? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, JP, I love you, and I respect your opinion <laughs> as well, Joe. <laughs> Um, um, first of all, I, I, hey, kudos to the guy for doing this for charity. I think that that's fantastic. Um, I also like the idea that this actually puts a, a whole new generation looking at this movie that may not have seen it, uh, which I do also, I also appreciate. Now, uh, Pete Davidson playing uh, Jimmy Stewart's character, uh, that, that's fine. I mean, he's a guy, he can pick whichever one he wants. He's a guy organizing the darn thing. My personal pick, I know you guys threw out Tom Hanks, you threw out some other ones, but let me tell you, if I was going to pick somebody to play to play Jimmy Stewart in this, in this table read, Brent Spiner from Star Trek The Next Generation who played Data, because if you've ever heard his Jimmy Stewart, it is dead on, dead on, and it's fantastic. And that's a guy who I would pick, but hey, you know, Pete Davidson can, can choose whatever role he wants. That's all I want to say, and listen... It's for charity, and I'm glad that guy's doing it for that. Kevin Spacey also did Peter? (laughs) Firstly, uh, I was thinking that maybe just just to make slight changes to the script, that like when Mr. Potter wants to hire him, instead of offering him, you know, extra money and trips to New York and to Europe, he should just offer him a dime bag and maybe a new tattoo from uh, Kat Von D. Um, And then um, maybe like the reason why he wants to kill himself now is because Mary hooked up with one of the Puerto Rican background dancers that she had with her. Or or maybe his guardian angel is actually a guy named Angels who's a meth addict. Um, like any one of those things I think would work really well with this, but yeah, I mean, again, all, all fine and dandy. He wants to, he wants to do something for charity. That's, that's all wonderful, but still, I, I mean, there's, to me, I don't, I don't see any correlation with, you know, with, with Pete Davidson and, and this kind of character. I mean, it's, I, I, obviously it's probably more for the idea of, of um, reaching a certain audience than it is for the fact that he's doing, you know, that, that like they thought he'd be the right person for it. Because even if, even if he wasn't all the things he is, or, or at least pre- presents himself to be, he's not at all like that kind of character. Uh, like, like he would never be cast in that part is what I'm trying to get at. Um, I was going to say it's called acting, but yeah. I yeah, do. I know, but he's still, <laughs> a lot of people can act, but you know, it doesn't mean that like, you know, that just because you're a good actor 
that you're going to get any part that's available to you. I, I mean, you know, there, there are actors who are wonderful actors and they can't play 60 year old, you know, women if they're 20 year old men. Um, you know, it's just, it's just, it's not the right part. Sure, for, sure. Have, for Tyler his... Perry? Have you not seen Tyler Perry? That's all yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not, it's just not the right part for, for him. And again, I guess it's because it's just a table read. It doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I don't know, like he's built a whole career on, on kind of, uh, parodying, um, um, uh, some form of, uh, it's like, it's like, it's, it's like, how do I put this in the right way? The, everything that I know about him is, is that he's kind of the anti-celebrity type guy. And, and this, this role is way too sincere a part considering that kind of, you know, the kind of, uh, persona he's created. And you know maybe because I also it's also my favorite movie I, I I'm very defensive about it but yeah I just I don't see it but I guess charity's charity people go watch it for it and they raise money that's good for them I accept your angel is actually just a guy named Angel uh, but only if JP but only if JP plays him in the read through because <laughs> <laughs> he's got to be a meth addict well, he's not a meth addict that's he wants to get his wings because he's so high that he thinks he can fly. I mean, uh, like, it could be the <laughs> angel that Michael Ayling killed. <laughs> Elizabeth. Anyway, um, well, actually, this is put forth by Ed Asner and his foundation, which helps uh, with. Uh, hang on, I pulled this up because I wanted to get it right. Oh no, I lost it. There it is. Uh, promoting mental health and enrichment programs for special needs children and their families. So I get why he's part of this because he's been very vocal about mental health and mental health advocacy and um yeah i i can't personally picture it i'm not i don't hate him but i'm not his biggest fan either but i think it's fine and as we like we've all said it's a table read it's not like they're trying to remake it and this is one of those i think is damn near impossible to remake um and it definitely needs to get to the younger generation because there was an article that went around on twitter where some the headline was Oh, It's a Wonderful Life is not the feel-good classic you remember. And everybody, you know, who's seen it enough times is like, yeah, no shit. Where the fuck have you been? (laughs) The guy almost tries to kill himself and is only talked out of it by, like, an angel. And he's shown, like, the the value and importance of his life. Yeah, it's a dark movie. Welcome to the party. Where have you been? Like, that... (laughs) So definitely we got to keep the the awareness of the film itself going. And if Pete Davidson can do that with uh, his appearance and there's other young stars involved, uh, like Judd Apatow's daughter is going to do it. Uh, who else is in there? Uh, Ellie Kemper. Um, well, that's it for younger names that people would be into. Oh my God. Michael Shannon's going to be in it. Guys, this actually might be fun. Um, I like Michael Shannon. Okay. <laughs> I um I I propose that we also do a table read of a famous Christmas movie for charity. Um, I think that we should do a table read of Die Hard. Um, uh, Pete can do the sound effects. Uh, it would be really fantastic. And I think the charity that we should pick is America should be like Scotland, and all women should get their feminine products. For free. I think we should do Showgirls. Come on, Pete. We should, we should do a table read. Okay. That'd, that'd be fun. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it afterwards. Maybe it doesn't have It might not have to be the whole movie, but we could certainly use maybe select scenes from something. Oh, no. Let's just do the whole movie, Elizabeth. Yeah. 
I'm down. I love talking. I'll, I'll um, I call Reginald Bear Johnson's role. I'm calling it right now. No one else can. <laughs> oh, also, there are ways to do this that you get more money. Like if you do a thing where it's like, if you donate $20, you can have the actors do it in X accent. Yeah. <laughs> you do the whole movie that way. If you donate enough money, we'll all do it in Scottish accents. <laughs> I love or it. We'll apologize to Scotland too. And my deepest apologies to Scotland. Look, I just recently found out through Ancestry that I'm also hugely Scottish on top of being Irish, according to Ancestry.com. You've wow. got like you've got like two of the top like boozes already. I like this. <laughs> the only impression I can do is is Fred Schneider from the B fifty two, so I can go, Yippee-ki-yay, hey, motherfuckers. <laughs> Well, it's not Gatomi Plaza. Well, well, Elizabeth can do it as Dennis Hopper. So I can do what? Oh, can can we do the backflips now instead? So I can play Dennis Hopper. (laughs) 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 Nothing says Christmas like a pangolin now. First of all, is any of that in the actual script? Because I feel like he was just talking. Right? Was that the deal? (laughs) None of that was scripted. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Now, I'm not an actor, but if you need me to do, you know, uh, Jeff Green from Curb Your Enthusiasm, Jeff Garland, amazing! I can do it. <laughs> That's all I can do. So make sure you have a role for me, too. And then, and then if this works out, everybody, we're going to do a table read of the uh, Peanuts Martin Luther King special <laughs> <laughs> in January. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I still- Can I watch it? <laughs> Yeah, I watched it. I was like, "Oh, I'm like, too scared to click on the link." I cannot imagine the horror you felt when that came on in your classroom. I totally get it. Now. Right out the gate, first few words, you're like, "Oh, hey, whoa!" It only took me about five minutes to shut I got, it off. I got dib. I got dibs on pig pen. So. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, actually, one of my former parents that was in that their kid was in that class was watching the show that day, and she sent me a message. She goes, "That it will always go down as one of the best stories of so and so's." I'm not going to say the kid's name. You know, elementary school life. He goes, "That was just the best." I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> okay, so we're taking off the rest of the week for the Thanksgiving holiday. So we thought that a good way to end tonight's show is by asking a set of questions about things we are thankful for. So here goes. Number one, what's one meal you recently had that you are thankful for? Joe, I want to start with you. Could it be Popeye's? I do absolutely love a great meal of Popeye's. Um, but I was actually thinking long and hard about this one. This one is is uh, is a little bit tough. But um, I'm going to tell you what, what my meal was, my my favorite one from the pandemic so far was something very simple, but something that I absolutely loved. And and that was, um, so when they first opened downtown Disney back up, I was totally, I was, you know, so distraught. I missed Disney, you know, me, you know, stuff like that. And um, the Jazz Cakes kitchen opened and I got myself a bag of beignets and a coffee. And I just sat down there and ate my beignets and watched people walk by and every single person had this huge giant smile on their face and it was one of those moments where you could actually see this little bit of happiness in, in the middle of the pandemic. So that's my pick. Okay. Anybody else? Uh, Chris? Um, just recently, I don't know if this was like because I haven't had sugar often or I haven't had it like a lot lately, but I had these donuts from this place called Yum the other day. 
And I don't know, like I said, it could be like my body just, you know, getting a hit of crack and, and becoming a crackhead again. I don't know. But those are like the best donuts I ever had. Like usually only like one or two. I think I had about seven and they were heavenly. And I regret it, but I don't regret it at all. Then the name is fucking yum. <laughs> it, it lives up to the name, baby. <laughs> the, the, the charity that we're going to be doing the table read for is going to be Save Chris's Foot. <laughs> Take the foot. I'll, I'll eat these donuts all day. Listen, we're about we're about five years away from like cybernetic limbs anyway, so I'll be a fucking terminator. Right? Scully on Musk. <laughs> hey, yo, hey, listen, Space Marines, I know y'all got a program. Hook me up with a limb. JP, what about you? Uh I think um my partner and I we've been trying to uh just make our meals now because uh, we were on the Postmates like thing for like I think that's basically where unemployment went to was just fucking Postmates <laughs> for like two months straight. But uh, we started making uh, food together, and one of the things that we made was uh, fried pork chops. And I'm not much of a pork person. The only pork related stuff that I like is ham. That's basically it. And uh, so I've never had deep fried pork chops, and had that with a little bit of a homemade gravy, and it was like. Damn, it was. Re- I, I was actually really legitimately surprised at how well we made it. I was like, "Damn, we we gotta do these fucking pork chops at least weekly, not daily." Because <laughs> there's no way. I mean, I'm I'm okay with losing my foot too, but I don't think my heart can take it. I think that's a bit more important. Now, listen, listen. You physically, you physically couldn't do it every day of the week because of how like dense pork chops are. Trust me, you can't do it. Like one time. <laughs> My folks, we we had like a big family get together. We had a lot left, and we had to eat pork chops for a week. Let me oh, tell you something. Yeah. My body was very shut down by like day three. <laughs> like you can't do it. It's is too much grease. It's too much heaviness. It's, yeah, it's too heavy, bro. It'd be like eating lead after like two or three days. It's too much. Oh, it was so well, Elizabeth, what about you? Um, I pulled off the homemade mac and cheese that my mom and my grandma would make. Um, I never had craft growing up. We did not buy it. My mom was like, it's garbage. I don't like it. I'll only make this. Um, It's not exactly the same, but it's as close as I'm ever going to get. She insists it's because a very specific brand of cheese from Kmart in the early nineties no longer exists. I don't know. Is that your, could be why? Your, I'm sorry. Is your mom an old black woman? Because that sounds like my mom. <laughs> I was gonna say that sounds like truth. Yeah. She was. She I mean, was here. I was like, she's not wrong. But I'm saying, just want to know if your mom might be an old. She woman. stayed with me, and I said, "Well, do you want to make the macaroni and cheese?" And she's like, "Well, they don't make county line cheese anymore, so I don't really know if it's gonna <laughs> like, come out good." I, I just love that it's Kmart cheese. We're it's from no Michigan. Fam. Fam, <laughs> don't sleep on the Kmart cheese. Okay? Yeah, when Kmart it comes to the mac and cheese, it's in I there. I need a quart right? of oil, some socks, <laughs> and well, while you're there, pick up cheese. Pick up this very specific <laughs> brand of cheese. Do not fuck it up. The whole <laughs> dish hinges on it. Um, but no, I did. Uh, it got about as close as I think I'll get to it, and it was like so satisfying. It makes a giant pan. It was probably too much for one human to consume, and I ate it for several days, and by the end, much like too many pork chops, I was like, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <That's about laughs> right. This was worth it, but I don't feel great. I need some vegetables and a break. <laughs> yeah. Emma and then Pete. Go ahead, Emma. 
So I'm going to preface this by saying that I get really, really homesick a lot. And so pandemic has been hard for me because I miss my family and I miss just being in New York. Um, but when the World Series was happening, uh, my boyfriend didn't even know how good of a date he had gotten. Uh, they did drive in like they set up a big screen at Dodger Stadium in the parking lot. And then they did it drive in style. So, you know, it was just they, they were screening Fox, like Fox Sports, but like. It was still there. You were at Dodger Stadium, looked over to your side, and boom, there it is. And so we went to that. Uh, he, His best friend and his girlfriend like were in the car right next to us. And uh, Henry and I had picked up some In-N-Out on the way. And, I mean, you already know I love baseball. That was a game that the Dodgers won. Uh, and just like this moment where like I got to experience a World Series game where the home team was winning and everyone was honking horns and we're eating In-N-Out, it I get very homesick, but it just made me appreciate like where I where I am and who I'm with. So I was very thankful for that that meal. Pete. Well, I, I think for me, uh, Sundays when we were when we were doing the show every three weeks uh, were always like this incredibly stressful day uh, because I get up at like eight o'clock in the morning and from eight o'clock till we leave the house at around. I don't know, two o'clock, two thirty. I'd just be literally packing the car, putting the computers together, you know, pulling whatever video that I still hadn't done. And now every Sunday uh, we get up and we we sometimes take the dogs uh, or at least one dog and we go to McDonald's for breakfast and we sit in the parking lot of McDonald's and it's and it's the same crappy food every week. But the idea that I'm in no rush to be anywhere on a Sunday, there's just something really and I'm with obviously with Veronica and see, I got her name, right. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and we sometimes go for like these long drives afterwards in the Hills and all over the place. And to me, that is the best meal I, I have every week because I, I have such, I'm, I'm, I'm at a level of calm that I'm never at uh, for about two hours. And, and it's like, and the fact that it's on the day that usually would be my worst day um, with stress, just it kind of heightens it. So that's my favorite meal. You know what? And I want to add to that, Pete. You forgot to mention the best part. What do we listen to? Oh my God, we um, we there's a there's a station on iHeartRadio that plays um, Casey Kasem's Top Forty, um, uh, the the America's Top Forty from the 1980s. Top Forty. And so and so like it's always like 1984 for some reason. <laughs> And and, and and you know because after hearing years of like uh, of all the outtakes of Casey cursing at people, it's always great to hear him sound so nice on there because you know right after he gets off the air and he's just talked about like somebody who died or something, he's like, I can't fucking believe I just had to do another death thing. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's great, <laughs> and then he'll play a Whitney Houston song. It's it's, it's wonderful. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Elizabeth, just real quick. Yes. I found County Line Cheese. Shit, really? <laughs> yeah. It is Where? still available. It is still available in all Acme stores. But there's also the company that the, <laughs> the company that makes it is called like um, the same stores that Roadrunner gets his shit from. What do you mean Acme? Grew <laughs> <laughs> up on the East Coast, you know the Acme Acme's a food store. But, oh, okay. Uh, but there's other places too. But uh, I'll send you the link to their site. <laughs> okay. So you can still get you County Line Cheese. Find membership. <laughs> yeah, can, yeah. Get, can I get it from Jeff Bezos? <laughs> <laughs> you probably could. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to move it along. I have, actually have quite a few questions, so I'm going to try to get through them as quickly as possible. Okay, the next one. What's one place you've gone in the last few months that you are thankful for? 
we don't go anywhere. <laughs> so I think smart and final because I always find Lysol spray when I go there and I befriended the manager. So they hide Lysol spray for me. <laughs> I'm not going to say where, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's my happy place. I just love finding that Lysol spray. <laughs> Elizabeth. Um, mine is uh, Joshua Tree, not because I'm like a huge like nature. I mean, I like nature. I like hiking, but like, I feel like people are like, I get really spiritual in Joshua Tree. Like, pro- I feel like Dennis Hopper goes there or went there. Um, but I went by myself like earlier in like June or so, and it wasn't too, too hot out. Um, and hiked around. I got lost and had to climb all over these rocks and do what I call unexpected bouldering. Um, but, and, but by the time I was finished, I got back to my car and I did one other little trail and finished that. At some point I realized I was like, Oh, you're okay. Like physically, like, cause you just did a bunch of bullshit that you would not have been able to do several months ago. Uh, as much as you almost died, not really, but like <laughs> I wasn't that far from people, but it felt like it for a few minutes. Plus I saw uh, running away, like I know there are rams in the park, but this was black like a goat and looked more goat-like, but I saw something bound away from me out of the corner of my eye. Whether that's like a metaphysical metaphor or was just like a really dark ram, I'll never know. But that was a while. That was a weird moment. And uh, yeah. And then I listened to Jewel on the way back and just really got my like white girl sad on. So. <laughs> okay. It's cathartic. Um, Emma and then JP. Uh, Willowbrook Apple Farm. Went apple picking there a couple weeks ago. It was delightful. I felt super safe the whole time. All outdoors. Uh, lovely like area. Lovely things to do. Highly recommend. Okay. JP. Uh, about two months ago, uh, a college uh, friend of mine, like uh, he passed away. And before COVID, I, I'm only really close friends with like two other college people from back in my day. And we used to hang out like every week. So this was like the most amount of time that we hadn't seen each other or talked to each other. But then, uh, you know, like I he decided that it was OK for me to go to visit his place. And he's basically the only per- other person I've seen during all this, uh, during this, uh, pandemic time. So it was nice to like, I it also felt, I also felt really guilty. Cause I was like, Oh man, I don't want to impose. I don't want to like, you know, uh, just purge my feelings about, uh, the passing of our mutual friend and even risk him or risk myself or feel like, you know, any of that stuff. But no, it was all just, um, it was just both of us being vulnerable and just like, like sharing our emotions in, the, in that moment and like just being okay with each other. Um, so that was who I was saying for was uh, visiting my friend, uh, Steve Places. Okay, Chris and then Joe. Um, I, I don't have any place like special that I went, but I went to like, I guess it was it was more of like the atmosphere. But I, uh, there's this little spot down the street uh, for me, a little restaurant called uh, The Fat Dog. And uh, I just went there to eat with, with a friend and like we had a really good time. They had like these cool uh, whiskey uh flutes on sale so like you know we got to try like three different kinds of whiskey and like just have a good conversation and just like kind of get to know each other a little better so like you know that to me was like the cool trip just because of who it involved and like uh the atmosphere of it and and it was like just down the street so it was convenient so it didn't take me out of my way of anything and and it was just cool just like being 
around people. Okay, Joe? Um, I'll tell you, something that was really surprising because I really haven't ever been there before until all of this happened, but um, the food festivals over at Knott's have been absolutely wonderful and feel very safe because they really limit the amount of people that can go each day. Um, but I went to the first Taste of Knott's and then I went back for Taste of Knott's Scary Farm. And now I have my ticket for Taste of Knott's Merry Farm. Um, but they really go out of their way to really steam it up like you would not believe. I mean, it's such a really great immersive experience as well. And the food's really good. And I completely felt totally safe and they did a really great job of making sure that everything is sanitized and whatnot constantly and uh that was really nice because it was that moment of i i can you know it's almost like being at a theme park without rides or anything like that hey pete did you want to add anything pete no i, I really haven't gone anywhere i know we haven't <laughs> gone anywhere <laughs> well it was that one time we went to that mexican restaurant to pick up food and, uh, and 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 they, they, this was early in the pandemic, and we walked in, and there was like forty two people in the in in the room. And I was very thankful I didn't get COVID that day. I was about the closest to going somewhere. Be thankful. We ended up taking our clothes off in the garage because we didn't want to come inside the house with our clothes. We I was so out. mad that day. Okay, so um, I'm going to start combining some of these questions to make it quicker. So, what's the name of an old TV show or an old movie that you watched during the pandemic that you are thankful for? Um, Elizabeth. Mad Men. I'd never seen it. Finally watched it all. And I was very happy to. Yeah, and then uh, Gilmore Girls is always there for me. Okay. And I was going to say for me, it was Gilmore Girls watching it for the first time. And, yeah. as you know, of course, I loved it. Um, Emma. Uh, the show that I should have seen before and I'm watching for the first time now is Seinfeld. Glad to have a chance to do that. Hmm. Okay. Might be the only Jewish person that has not seen that show. I know. <laughs> They were going to take my Jew card away. They, I bet you they would. I bet you they would. <laughs> well, I mean, for I, I would assume for you and I, curb your enthusiasm because oh, yeah, no. because I, I don't know how I never really got into the show when it was on, but we we just went. I mean, there's ten seasons of it. We went through that like like uh, like that cheese that Elizabeth wants. Like that's how bad <laughs> we got through that thing. We like that. Stop so, watching it. It is the funniest show. It's yeah. so funny. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that because we just watched it recently too. So I was thinking like good. maybe before the pandemic, when the pandemic first started. JP. Uh, well, me, me and my partner, we uh, we love all things animated, cartoons, and movie wise. So we just recently, uh, now that they released Animaniacs on Hulu, the old and the new, we are now rediscovering that show. Then it's just a, it's just so funny. It's a hilarious like. Like it's the type of cartoon that you could watch with both your with kids and with adults, and it's and we're both we're both children at heart, so it's just a perfect match. <laughs> hey, Chris. Um, I, I there's been a bunch of shows, but I think the movie I think I watched a movie that like really made me feel good. It's like a it's a, a old Disney movie called Heavyweights. I just yeah. I I love that movie, man. Like I used to watch it. Uh, all the time in the summer, like I had it on the, you know, sorry, VHS. That's how old I am. But like, <laughs> I had it on, I had it on VHS, and so I used to watch it like two or three times a summer because it's like it's a great summer movie. I mean, it's literally like you know what it's based on, and like it's just fun, and uh, it's just one of those things that I, it reminds me of, like all the good stuff of like my childhood and like it being summer and not having to pay bills and just eating snacks all day for three months. It's just that was just a great just time. Being a kid, yeah, yeah, it was a great time. <laughs> 
Okay, my next question is, is there any one event that's happened during the pandemic that you are thankful for? <laughs> Joe. So um, I, I've mentioned this before, but uh, I, I met someone um, and we had a nice little uh, socially distant relationship. We, we met up a, a few times and, and we, we are now friends. It's not going to uh, go any further uh, romantic wise, but uh, she's a wonderful person. And I'm really glad that we're still friends. And I, I, uh, I'm, I think we're going to be friends for a very long time. But um, if you, most of you guys here know me, uh, I don't, I don't get into relationships that often. So it was, it, it was pretty neat and it was, uh, it was a, a wonderful experience and I'm, uh, I'm a bigger man for it. Okay. Elizabeth. A baby is born in my life. Um, my cousin had his Uh-oh. first baby. Oh. Yeah, I didn't have any babies. Oh. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a proud auntie to a couple actual bio niece and nephew and many, uh, fa- you know, friend, niece and nephew i uh, know but my cu- my cousin uh had his first baby girl um and there were unfortunately some complications but she pulled through fine and i've maintained i was like look you can knock us down but you can't knock us out she's fine she's adorable love her and uh and then my two of my close friends here in la actually the first friend i ever made in la that i'm still friends with to this day she and her husband had their twins and they're adorable, and I'm so excited for them. So lots of babies. Okay. Um, is there anyone in your life that you are especially thankful for this particular year? Pete, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> well, um, not, a, not an individual person, but I, I have to say kind of like towards um, earlier when JP was talking about um, us losing a friend this this summer, um, this Saturday, we, we had a memorial for them and just to see all of the people that, that, that we've kind of grown into through this thing that we do. I was so, I was so thankful of all those people being there because it felt like, like it didn't feel like just a bunch of people that were part of like some, some thing that they all go to, like it wasn't a club or it wasn't, you know, some like just random thing that you do for the, for, for fun. This was like, you felt like you were around your family and, you know, especially for all, so many of us that came from somewhere else to come out here to Los Angeles, it really made me feel like I was around my family on Saturday and that, and so if, without getting too mushy, I, I felt very thankful for, for having all of you guys and all the other people that were there um, because it really did make me feel like we were more than just a bunch of people that all know each other. Mm-hmm. Top that, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody else? <laughs> no, I was going to well, say, I like, I can't top that one. Yeah, like getting, to know, getting to know everybody here better than I probably have in the past few years it's been uh yeah. fantastic and emma and i realized on saturday we had not physically met oh. somehow <laughs> like i i don't yeah. think either at or like or if i had been at shows when we were in the theater like she and i just like didn't interact or something like that but so yeah. we formally physically <laughs> met safely on saturday <laughs> i was just gonna bring that up because i was right there when you guys yeah. i was like that's right because i just feel like you guys have just like known each other forever you know yeah so i mean weird. it feels like that now yeah. yeah we've never met each other in person that's that was really cool so we okay, have to my- unmasked 
<laughs> yeah, like wait till we take the masks off. Oh boy. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna switch other's faces in person. The bottom half of my face in person is a treasure. I feel like I've seen your face on screen and I've seen your body in person. Putting those two things together feels so far <laughs> away, but not yeah. impossible. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really thankful for for getting to to do this with all you guys every day Um, and getting to see tiny little bits of your houses without actually having to smell them, I think is fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Joe, you actually answered probably one of my last last questions. Um, So if you had to pick just one thing that you are the most thankful for during this time in 2020, what would it be? So would that be it, Joe, for you? Yeah, this show has pretty much been... I've never considered myself to be like in front of the camera kind of person anyway. I've always been a writer guy and all that. So it's been an interesting experience. Okay. Um, Pete. I guess along the lines of the mushy Pete thing, um, I, I just, I, I'm really thankful that we're all still here. Um, Cause we can't say that about everybody. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm really, really thankful that, and I don't mean just the people on the screen. I mean, all the people that we all care about and, you know, and just that we still have some, some ability to say that throughout this really terrible, crappy time that, that, you know, so many of the people that, that we, that matter to us are still here. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for that, I guess. Anybody else? Chris? Uh, yeah, I was just, I just got to say like, I'm I'm thankful for the time that we've had during this. Like, you know, it took me a while to to truly cherish what was going on because I was too stuck with in my head about like, you know, what's the after or like, you know, this is going to be over soon or whatever that I was thinking in my head at the beginning of all this. But like, you know, I'm kind of, you know, now that we are looking like that we're getting towards the kind of end of it, you know, I, I, I look back and I kind of wish I'd taken the time, uh, to like really cherish it because like I now like that I've been using my time wisely and like bettering myself, like learning new skills, working on things for like my career and, and, and working on my own, like just personal physical health, like eating better and things of that nature. Like if I didn't have, if this didn't happen, you know, who knows if I could have, you know, developed these habits and developed these, these new uh, uh, disciplines that I have to like, you know, clean my house every week or, or, or write, you know, make sure I'm working on the show that I'm developing and all this other stuff, like making sure that I just basically like keep myself busy in the most productive way possible towards my goal, which is the reason I moved out here. Like that's what I'm most thankful for is that the fact that I've had this time and finally got it in my head to utilize the time to, you know, when this is over, come out and, and, and just be able to like go out into the world and, and implement all these things that I've been doing. Emma. I a hundred percent agree with that. I like in that, that a version of that in my own life. And then to combine the things that we've been talking about under this question, I the like, I, I've had an experience where I've been kind of uh, streamlining what exactly it is that I want what is meaning like what would create a meaningful life for me uh if i never like achieve success whatever the fuck that means like would i be okay with myself and my life um and so i've been kind of like marie condoing my life uh so like just not doing things anymore that i like i used to do things just because i felt like i should for no real reason and i don't do that anymore and it means that i have more time for the things that are important 
and I get to, I value the things that I keep in my life, like this show, um, and the things I get to do for it. I'm writing more jokes than I ever have before because I get to do it for this show. And that's awesome, and I get to have like emotional uh, social fulfillment by seeing you guys every day, um, and I get to work towards my goals. Like, but it, it's amazing. It's ideal. What could be better? Emma the puns a and Emma sometimes sometimes Pete, puns. and Emma sometimes Pete Why actually never? uses our jokes. Hey, sometimes Emma, Emma, there was there was two of your jokes in there today. I did you know that? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of the puns, but that's okay. Actually, he uses our jokes in the middle of the show. Just he tries to claim it was his. That's, that's so <laughs> I use everybody's jokes. Hey, you know what? Emma original by Peter. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, so I think I, I agree with everything that all of you guys are saying. So I echo the, the same sentiment and, you know, just um, just, have to just keep pushing forward and just know that, you know, we have we have each other and we have to just keep checking on our loved ones and, you know, just making the best out of the, the rest of this year. So and we're going to do it together. So, okay, well, that is our show for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you back here again on Monday at 6 p.m. Don't miss us too much this week. So have a happy and safe Thanksgiving holiday. Bye, everyone. Have a good night. Bye. Play Doug. Dodge at home with your family. Just have a day.